Welcome back to Between the Sheets with Melissa and Scarlett. And we are on episode number 17. <laughs> I was going to wait for you to say it because I'm always wrong. Yeah, that's okay. We got Every it. single time. Episode 17. And there's been like a pause in between them. We haven't been able to do them as frequently because we've both been super busy. It's just life. Life gets in the way. Projects yeah. get in the way. Deadlines yeah. get in the way. So, you know, we originally hoped to be every week and then we were like <laughs> every we were other week a while. and now we're well, every month. We're every but, month. you know, it's okay. Hey, it's but we're right. still there. We're still here. And we still have some weird news and miscellaneous <laughs> other weird things to share with you. For example... Um, so this guy that I follow on Instagram, who is really, really funny, his name is Splurt. Splurt? Splurt. Okay. He's hilarious. And he posted this thing. <laughs> it's the original Peter Piper, the eight inch pecker puffer. I'm putting my glasses on. Let's see. It's the magical grass you'll never want to pass. Smoke it, then poke, poke it. it. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's so it's a bowl with a dildo attached with a dildo. to it. Wow! Right? Holy wow! Think that's like so much fun. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know what? I like when when concepts are are split together like that. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I find that totally amusing. Like, like you, someone so awesome. was really high and really horny. Uh, yeah. And was like, I have the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this dildo and make but wait. So but that does that have to be glass or is it plastic? It looks like glass because you can't smoke plastic. Okay, I would not want to be I would not want a glass dildo up inside of me. Yeah, that might be kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, and what if it broke? Oh, God. I don't even want to think about yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that's it. you got to consider these things, especially <laughs> if you're really high. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that would be going through my brain. I would be like, wait, I'd, I'd have the fatty Arbuckle. Even though I know it's not a true story, fatty Arbuckle, you know. Wait, what's the fatty Arbuckle story? Supposedly, like, he raped a woman with a Coke bottle and it broke oh, inside of her. Jesus. It's not true. It was just slander against him at the time. Oh, that's But awful, you know what though. I'm saying? Like, if, if I knew that it was glass, that would be totally stuck in my head. Especially right. if I was high. That's well, yeah, because then <laughs> like, you get the obsessive thinking. Like, this is not going to work. Look, it's clenching tighter and tighter, <laughs> tighter. Oh, God. <laughs> but still, yeah, I it's hear kind you of knocking, a, but you can't come in. It's kind of a fun idea, though. No, it is. It is. It I is. would buy it just for, like... A conversation piece. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Didn't I tell you the story um, very quickly about how uh, a friend of mine um, we got to the, had gone to the weed store and gotten weed, and they had, like, the Wheel of Fortune that you spin? Mm-hmm. And so she spun it, and she won this bong, and it was beautiful, and it had stripes, and it was like, look, I won this bong. And I was like, I, this is my favorite weed store. And because um, they're always playing Led Zeppelin. They've always got candy guys that are cute you know it's just like hello perfect um yeah so she brings the bong back to the apartment and sets it on the table but she also has clients that come in and they're like oh no business clients <laughs> the business client comes in and i see it and i'm like oh fuck right and he goes that's a really nice face <laughs> and I said, yes it is isn't it quite beautiful as so i was like yeah duh okay <laughs> Right, so yeah, so we just had Easter, and there is this book 
that a doctor, I'm going to put doctor, doctor in quotes. quotes. Doctor She's making the little quote things with her fingers. Quotes. You can't see that. But, but that's I, happening. I'm a doctor. Dr. Daniel Cameroon. It's like in all the Italian horror movies, how everybody's always, I'm a doctor. Right. They announce doctor themselves. of what, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and the title is, Are Your Children Playing with a Lucifer's Testicles? I sure as fuck hope so. <laughs> the truth about Easter eggs. I would love to play with Lucifer's testicles. So here's the summary for this book. Um, oh, look at this funny. This uh, First, I have to read this right. Okay. List price is, this is hilarious. List price is $18.95. Our price is $27.99. You save nothing. And in parentheses, only Jesus saves. <laughs> That's ballsy. Okay. So. Okay, I kind of like them for that. Right? Availability. Usually ships within 24 hours. In parentheses, if Jesus wants it to. <laughs> okay, so obviously this is a joke. Yeah, but it's funny. Okay, so summary. Okay. Are Your Children Playing with Lucifer's Testicles is a Bible-based book for Christian parents who, by lack of faith, can't afford to send their children to a decent Christian school. Their precious youngsters are infected by the secular filth and lies being taught by unsaved teachers in America's public school system. The book teaches parents how to easily explain to their children that Easter, as it is celebrated by the unsaved, has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus Christ, but is actually a holiday celebrating lewd and sexually explicit pagan rituals of fertility. (laughs) That sounds like the Easter I want to celebrate. I know. (laughs) And then so it goes on to say, there's a quote from... Who gives a fuck about resurrection, man? Right? So, it's not that difficult to understand, says author slash creation scientist. Oh, that's how what he's a doctor of. Oh, he's a creationist. I'm a doctor. Right. So, the quotes are definitely needed. In the old days, (laughs) (laughs) deluded pagans would gather, deluded pagans, would gather around in hump-like bunnies on Easter Sunday because they thought it would make their tomatoes grow faster. It might, you know. Yeah, you know, there's something to be said about fertilizing your crops. Yeah, see? So... (laughs) sympathetic magic. Sometimes it works. Sometimes. So Dr. Cameron explains that it doesn't matter what god or idol the pagans were humping under on Easter Sunday because any god other than Jesus is Satan. So he doesn't even care about Ishtar. He doesn't even care about that whole misinformation. He's basically anybody is, yeah. is Satan. Dr. Cameron dedicates four chapters in the book to Easter eggs. Four chapters. Like they're that fuck that special. <laughs> Easter eggs are one of the wiliest tools of the devil, he says. Pagan kids didn't have anything to do on Easter Sunday because their mommies and daddies were stuck in a false temple all day, naked and writhing around with their neighbors in satanic orgies of the flesh. Fuck yeah. Right? You see, parents had to come up with a way to occupy their children while they were away from home, praying and fornicating under the altar of Satan. (laughs) And since they didn't have babysitters back then... Was this written by the church lady? Right? Satan. Satan. (laughs) They gave their their kids eggs to play with and sometimes paint, he says, but the reason they chose eggs had nothing to do with any sort of fertility or fertilizers. Um, Nope, it was because of Lucifer's testicles. Glory to God! And then he says, I won't say any more about it. I don't want to ruin the book for you. So there you have it. They were Glory playing. to God. They're playing with Lucifer's <laughs> testicles. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it has nothing to... 
nothing to do with fertility. It's only an egg from which mm-hmm. life grows, which has nothing to do right. with fertility. Lucifer's testicles. They're juggling Lucifer's testicles. Uh, They're (laughs) hunting Lucifer's testicles, which means also they're mashing and eating Lucifer's testicles as well. Also, Lucifer, I think, likes that. Ah, I was going to (laughs) say. Wow. This is hilarious. Has anybody reviewed it? Oh, gosh. This one has a one star review. Absurd. (laughs) From Mrs. Franklin Willow. Can I read it? Yes. I can kind of see it from here. Christian publishers like. Zondervan are publishing this sort of sensationalist bullshit as fact? I bought this book on pre-order because I am a national critic. I have read it completely through, and it is one of the most disturbing pieces of crap I've ever read in my life. If you get to page 127, look at the references for egg paint blood and red demon tails. These people are insane. (laughs) And the author has a $2.5 million home in Leviticus Acres in Freehold, Iowa? What the fuck? I can't believe how many people are being fleeced by this bastard. (laughs) Yay, you know what? That's That's a hell of a review. Oh, my I'm God. Impressed. That is a hell of a review. They even did their homework and know where the guy lives. Yeah. Unless that's, like, his neighbor that hates him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> He's going to go throw eggs at his house. Ha-ha. Oh, look, Lucifer's testicles are coming Oh, wow. and then this is, like, the stupid... Oh, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, like, that's not a pseudonym. Jimmy Walker says, Gay bitches, look it, I'm playing with Satan's nuts. Dumbasses. But he wrote Satin's nuts. Look at oh, it doesn't even say Holy shit, it's those satin's nuts. Ah. Wow. Oh, this is terrible. Terrifying. Yeah. So. Terrifying. So it, that that's Oh, it's not on Amazon. It's on No, it's like a fake Amazon. Oh, okay. It's like a like I don't know, some kind of know, let's go the Landover Baptist, Baptist Church. Church. But they make it look like Amazon. Say crazy. Like, steal, like the So like they have their own Amazon. Yeah. So they're their own book, their own books. Donkeys can talk to people. Oh wait, <laughs> donkeys can talk. People can fly, and a man named Jesus lives up in the sky. Oh, this is one of the other top. <laughs> this is this is their number two bestseller. Oh um, wait, 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 wait. Go back up again. What's that with Nancy Boy Chrissy, the bedwetting sissy? <laughs> That's their number one bestseller. That's kind of strange. Uh, and I'm not going to say what the third one is, because that's no. just really obnoxious. We're going to ignore that one. Yeah. I do like the Devil's Boutique, though. Oh, I like the Devil's Boutique as well. So there's an ad on here. But maybe it's a maybe it's a, all would a joke. Would you wear a Sodomite site. t-shirt? I, it's obviously a joke. It has to be. I would not. There's Fornicator. I would wear a Fornicator. I would wear a Heathen. I would wear a Heathen. Heathen, definitely. So there's, like, this ad I on here. I would wear a Heretic, for sure. Unsaved. Yep. <laughs> Infidel. Infidel. There. Uh, Antichrist, probably. Agnostic, meh. Uh, Evildoer, sometimes. Hedonist. Definitely hedonist. Hedonist, yes. Uh Sinner, for sure. I wouldn't necessarily wear it, though, because I don't believe, like, in sin. So, there's that whole thing. Demon? Hmm. Moments. (laughs) Religion free. I like that one. I would totally wear the fornicator shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Why not just say it? Fornicator. I know. Too bad these are on Cafe Press, but that's okay. So, what else do we have? Oh, and there's have? an I Love Satan t-shirt, too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Wait, where's the I Love Satan it's right, shirt? Wait, go up a little bit. It's right there. Oh, that's it's hilarious. Like Satan. the I Love New York t-shirt. Yeah, I but it says Satan. I Heart Satan. Oh, my God. There okay. you go. Okay, so what's next? So what's next up is, well, let's do another book. Okay. And we're going to do it by our favorite we might as well do. We our might as well do another our, 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 another Mandy DeSandra book. Since yes. this is what our third or fourth one now. Yeah, because we love Mandy. So the title of this book and Mandy, I don't know how you fucking push these puppies out so fast. But I you know, know. I mean, I know that they're novellas, but kudos to you. Yeah. So you read the title, and I'll read the synopsis. Okay. The title is, and this is the same author that did um, what is Ravaged by the Reganosaurus and, and Fox did, News Fuck did Fest. Fox News Fuck Fest. And this new one is called T. Tequila, tequila fucks the world flat. Now, if you remember, who was the raps, rapper that um, oh God, was going remember. on about flat earth theory? I forget who it was. I and, do too. And just, it was so idiotic, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson... Was like, no. Yeah, just totally decimated him. Yeah. But... Um, and we I, love Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's yes. awesome. So Anyway, you go ahead and read. Okay. You think that the earth is round and that tequila has not been relevant since MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. But are you a Gnostic prophet to make such claims? You are not. But Mandy DeSandra is the Illuminati and has the real truth. This isn't erotica. This is a Gnostic parable to be included in her ongoing Kindle Bible. Life will never be the same again once your eyes have been opened to the Gnostic truth as revealed by the stars themselves. This is the true history of the world. As only Mandy DeSandra can tell it. In this epic 7,000-word story that is Anne Rice meets Gonzo conspiracy theories, Mandy DeSandra takes us on a journey of biblical proportions. So it's a short story. Featuring starcock sex, anal play in the Garden of Eden, <laughs> because of course, holy trinity threesomes, Dionysian cock worship, Dionysian, ass-to-ass Map dildo drilling, Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> pound down, yes. live streaming interstellar orgy sex camming, and Christopher Columbus pussy worship. Wow. <laughs> okay, so obviously Mandy's been hanging out with um, this kind of like a little new age uh, conspiracy contingency going yeah, on there. Yeah, totally. Holy shit. Or maybe watching a lot of ancient aliens. Who knows? <laughs> Nice. Well, we're going to have to read it. Totally. Mm. Are there any reviews? Let's see. It's only 99 cents, too. And there are no reviews oh. yet. So we're going to, as you know, you have to go get this book. Yeah. Read it and review it because it's hilarious. Te- Tila Tequila fucks the world flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, okay. And now. And now to, for something completely different. Now for something completely different. Oh, I love this. So this is this article that I found that just made me die of laughter. And, you know, speaking of all these crazy books, Victorian doctors thought reading novels made women incurably insane. <laughs> but like, of course. Like they actually thought this. Yeah. So let's see here. Um... In, ni- in 1886, homeschooling pioneer Charlotte Mason wrote that the girl who sits for hours poring over a novel 
to the damage of her eyes, her brain, and her general nervous system is guilty of a lesser fault of the nature of suicide. Strange as it may sound, Mason's belief that reading fiction was physically dangerous for girls and women was actually held by many medical doctors of her day. Mm-hmm. This just boggles my mind. Well, I mean, this is also in an era, you know where the word hysteria comes from? Yeah. Hysteria is because they thought that the womb jumped around and got hysterical. Mm -hmm. And so they had doctors that would come take care of the hysterical wounds, which they would basically masturbate their patients who would have orgasms and feel better. And then, of course, they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm hysterical. I need the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Because their husbands weren't doing it at home. Well, they were doctors. That's what they took care of. They basically went around and masturbated patients all day. And that's where the dildo came from, right? Yeah. That was invented for that. But there was like a lot of of, uh, manual stimulation going on there. But could you imagine? I mean... I know. You're like, um, oh, wait, I think I'm hysterical. Go get the doctor. Get the cute one. (laughs) (laughs) So then it says here, now this I think is... The one that does that thing with his hands. This I think is kind of funny, and I never knew this about cornflakes. Okay. A few years earlier, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, (laughs) the same guy who invented cornflakes in an attempt to cure people of masturbation. (laughs) Now, I'm sorry. Fornicators. Cornflakes are just not that good. (laughs) I mean, really. I mean, they're frosted. Frosted flakes are good. I'll give you that. But still. But he called novel reading one of the most pernicious habits to which a young lady can be devoted. When the habit is once thoroughly fixed, it becomes as inveterate as the use of liquor or opium. Cool. <laughs> I like to, you know what, I like the idea that reading's that dangerous. Because in all honesty, in this day and age, if, if people thought reading was that dangerous or if it was as dangerous as liquor or opium, they'd fucking do it. That's true. You know, like nobody reads anymore. I mm-hmm. mean, not, okay, yes, people still do read, but they, not like they used to. You know, right. everybody reads in little sound bites. Everybody reads in little badly written whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know what? I think they should make reading that dangerous. Then people would want to do it again. And truthfully, I mean, I mean, this, you know, they, they had their, their motives were a little skewed because they were targeting specifically women. They obviously didn't want women to open their minds. But if you think God about forbid it. forbid they have an opinion. Well, reading, it can be dangerous in some ways. Sure. Because, you know, if you are grow up in a very sheltered household and you're homeschooled and you have, like, a very limit, you know, and your parents limit what you're exposed to, and then you go out and you read, like, I don't know, Catch of the Rye or... Yeah, I was a voracious reader, and I was reading stuff way earlier that I shouldn't have been. I mean, I even, I had, like, an anarchist cookbook when I was 13, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I, I knew how to make bombs, I knew how to do this, I knew how to do that, and, yeah, and I was reading a lot... You know, like reading Ballard and Burroughs at, you know, at 12, 11, 12, 13 years old. And that's pretty, like, that that expands your universe really quickly. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. The one that really super expanded my universe was Philip K. Dick. Oh, yeah. Where it was, like... Definitely. I think like, I was, like, 14, 15. Yeah, because I read Vallis and I was, like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> There's a whole other, like, crazy universe out there. So let's see. Um, What else do they say? The idea that reading novels was a really bad idea for ladies had been suggested in an article not so subly titled, Novel Reading, A Cause of Female Depravity, (laughs) (laughs) which was published in a British journal in 1797. So they're talking about romance 
novels. A lot of it is romance novels. Yeah. Did your mom read romance novels? No. Okay. No, she did. I used to like sneak in and like read the sex parts when I was really young. No, my mom read more like um, Edith Wharton and Jane Austen. (laughs) (laughs) She read the classics. She read the classics. And um, my mom was all like Rosemary Rogers. (laughs) Oh God, no! That would not be in my house at all. Wait. What was who wrote the stud and the bitch? Jack, no Jackie idea. Collins. I have no idea. Like, oh that stuff gosh. was never in my 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 world. And then my dad was like more about you know oh read you should read Shakespeare you know mm. so it was not really you had the classics yeah I never I was never really magazine. a romance reader I've never actually read romance you never read like Victoria Holt novels or never anything? oh my god never. It was never really my cup of tea. They'll fuck you up. You know, these guys are right. (laughs) Those Victorian romances will tell you that, like, the guy is coming, like, on the horse to save your ass, and it never happens. You have to save your fucking self. Yeah, it says here, in the article, the author claimed to have personally witnessed the moral decay (laughs) of several young female readers. And he quotes... I have seen two poor, disconsolate parents drop into premature graves, miserable victims to their daughter's dishonor, and the peace of several relative relative families wounded, never to be healed again in this world. And was novel reading the cause of this? Inquires some gentle fair one, and I answer, yes! Yeah, but you know what, I can see that, because it's like... Those people that are like, oh, I want to be like Wuthering Heights. And it's like, if you read Wuthering Heights, mm-hmm. it's fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. It's like miserable, codependent, like terrible things happen. Why would that? That's not really love. That's right. like. Or if you read Ethan Frome or Anne and Karen- yeah. Karenina. <laughs> You're going to be depressed as hell. Sheesh. You're going to be delusional. Let's see here. Um. Oh, and this goes on to say, the damage believed to be caused by fiction was by no means limited to the moral sphere. <laughs> As literature scholar Catherine Golden explains in her book, Images of the Woman in Victorian British and American Fiction, reading was damned because it was thought to damage a woman's nervous system and reproductive health. She would get hysterical. Hysterical. <laughs> Medical authorities linked Doctor. excessive, unsupervised reading to a host of female reproductive ailments. For example, early menstruation, painful menses, infertility, etc., insanity, and premature death. A woman's biological differences her greater sensitivity and sensibility made her more susceptible to the effects of a novel. Countless experts pronounce sensation novels, mysteries, and horror tales stimuli to avoid strenuously for physical well-being. Now look at this picture. They had this like... Which means that you know the books that we write, we would have been burned at the fucking stake. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we absolutely. Been, like, absolute outcast of society. But it's just, oh, it's just so funny. It's just so funny to me. Yeah? I kind of love it, though. Like, yeah. (laughs) The pen is mightier than the sword. So, let's see. Um, And there's another quote here. To caution future mothers of the evils of novel reading. Girls are not apt to understand the evils of novel reading and may think it is only because mothers have outlived their days of romance that they object to their daughters enjoying such sentimental reading. But the wise mother understands the effects of a sensational reading upon the physical organization and wishes to protect her daughter from the evils thus produced. Romance reading by young girls will, 
by this excitement of the bodily organs. <laughs> They're talking about <laughs> masturbation yeah. in, in tend terms. Tend to create their premature development, and the child becomes physically a woman months or even years before she should. Yeah, no uh, masturbating to romance novels. I guess not. But that's, wow. that's just not going to happen, though. <laughs> It would totally happen. I started masturbating at eight years old, and I didn't get boobs till I was in my 20s, oh, so yeah, I did no, not no, develop no, okay. early. No, 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 it's not, you're not going to develop early, but people are going to masturbate to romance novels. Well, yeah, that they'll do. Yeah. But the f- biological side effect is, like, no, really no, no, crazy ridiculous. and silly. And doesn't somebody else go to, somebody else says the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um... Oh, this one here says Clark, uh, some doctor, argued in 1873 that too much much education pulls energy away from the girl's reproductive (laughs) system. If she's too smart, then she can't have babies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is crazy. And then this one here, this is an actual quote from... Let's see, 1852. Insanity from novel reading. A physician in Massachusetts, of course, Massachusetts, where the (laughs) Puritan homeland. um, (laughs) It's probably one of your ancestors. (laughs) Right? Says, I have seen a young lady with her table loaded with volumes of fictitious trash pouring day after day and night after night over highly wrought scenes and skillfully portrayed pictures of romance until her cheeks grew pale, her eyes became wild and restless, and her mind wandered and was lost. The light of intelligence passed behind a cloud. Her soul was forever benighted. She was insane, incurably insane, from reading novels. That's because she was actually reading Lovecraft and, like, right? conjuring <laughs> elder shit. Yeah. You know, she's reading Mackin and uh, Lord Dunsany. And, right. and yeah. then they, you know... Pulled her out Algernon into the Blackwood square and in Salem and burned her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, it's good it's not those days anymore, but holy shit. I know. But it, the, but there's something kind of, like, f- I, fun about it. I know. Because, like, we, we love the Victorians because they're so charmingly bonkers. Yeah. You know, they were in love with death. Like, if you read Victorian fairy tales or Victorian poetry, especially for children... It's like, you know, they've got, like, Saltpeter where he's cutting off kids' thumbs with his scissor hands <laughs> if they suck their thumbs. And oh like, it's God. usually people are being set on fire or being mowed down. It's, it's terrible, it's terrible. Wacky it's incredibly Victorians. wacky and violent, yes. Okay, so I think that's... I think we're good. Yeah, I think that's it for, for this uh, podcast, so... There you go, and here we go. It's been wicked. <laughs> Ciao.